0: Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word.
1: Hey, take out your Bible and turn over to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. We're continuing our sermon series, Just Stop It. And uh, we're going to be looking over, uh, as we continue on, Genesis 1 through 11 is what we're going to be looking at over the next several weeks and talking about things in modern day life that we just need to stop, uh, that actually uh, we see going on a long time ago as well. Well, 27 years ago, there was a man by the name of Maxime Cortezide, and he took a vow of solitude in the Eastern Orthodox Church. And after his vow of solitude, the church sent him to the most remote place that they had uh, in all the Eastern Orthodox place. It was in the country of Georgia. there, the former Soviet Republic. And uh, they had a very remote uh, church that they sent him to. Got a picture uh, of it right there uh, on top of this pillar. And uh, they sent him there for his life of solitude. You see Maxime climbing up the ladder right there. Uh, he's got to come down twice a week because he still uh, does church services at a, at a chapel that is at the bottom of the pillar two days a week. And so he will go down and do that. You see the church there at the very bottom of the picture uh, where he uh, does the services. And then uh, he'll also go down occasionally and get food uh, that they will send him. So it must be a very lonely life, a life of solitude. You do have some interaction, though, when you go down for the church services, although the last one they had, uh, the next picture, only had two people uh, that showed up at the church service. Uh, So quite a life of solitude that Maxime has decided to live at that particular time. But at least he still has some interaction with people. Well, that said, uh, turn over to Genesis chapter 2 because we're going to be looking at the fact uh, that God created us for relationships. Uh, Over in chapter 1, it's interesting, Genesis chapter 2 is kind of a second creation account. Genesis chapter 1 is kind of a general account of creation. Genesis chapter 2 is a second account that more directly deals uh, with the creation uh, of man and woman, of Adam and Eve. And in verse 15, We're told uh, what Adam's role was to be in the Garden of Eden. We're told the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to care for it. Now, that's what we talked about last week, uh, that this planet we live on, uh, that we are supposed to be caretakers, stewards of God's good world. And uh, the way we care for the planet uh, and one another is one of the main things that God put us here for. But with that said, let's jump into the rest of chapter 2 now. And the first thing we see is this. God created people for relationships. God created people for relationships. Look at verse 18 of Genesis chapter 2. The Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And so right at the very beginning of this account of the creation of of man, the first thing that we see coming into it is God says, okay, I've created Adam, but it's not good for man to be alone. So at the very beginning of time, God hotwired into us this need for relationship and to be with other people. And people today, you can notice, we try to get into any kind of relationship we can, any kind of group we have. Uh, in Kentucky, you know, it might be basketball teams or something. You want to be a, somehow a part of a relationship or with a group of people. And so we form into basket. You know, we, we, I cheer for this team, you cheer for that team. And then we become so single-minded and rabid in our relationship with that group. It becomes so important that if you like a team that isn't the one I like, then I've got to really not like you. You know, because my team is everything, and it all consumes me. And, uh, you know, if, you're, if you cheer for the other team or if I even hear the other team's name, it makes me mad. You know, and just to prove my point, look around the room, and I'm going to say four words now and see how some people smile and some get mad. Kentucky Wildcats. Louisville Cardinals. Okay. So you look around the room and immediately some smiled, some got angry. And then I could throw everybody for a loop and say, Indiana Hoosiers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As I've said before, there's one in every crowd, no matter what, what you do. They're always out there. So we form into these kinds of groups uh sociologists tell us that even street gangs the reason that people are drawn into street gangs is so that they will have some form of community some form of relationship even if it's a negative type of that Doing anything because God hotwired us to be in those kind of relationships. And when, we're, when, when those relationships somehow are strained or when they go out of balance, everything else is affected as well. We need one another. We need relationships. At the very beginning, God said it's not good for man to be alone, that he needs someone to be in relationship with. It's the way God formed us. There's a young lady in Sherman Oaks, California, by the name of Natalie Hampton. Natalie is a sophomore in high school right now. Uh, but her seventh grade year, she got into an argument at school uh, with one of the cool people in school. And so the, the, she, it was announced, nobody can eat with Natalie any longer in the lunch table. You know, she is persona non gratis, you know. And so what happened for the next two years, she ate by herself every single day uh, at school. Got a picture of Natalie right here. When she went to a different high school, uh, she got a a good group of friends and everything, but she still remembered how she felt in middle school. So she started an app on her own called Sit With Us. And uh, I got a picture of the app right here that, that you can get. And basically what it says is, hey, you know, chat with your friends on campus, you know, find people to sit with at lunch. And, uh, and, and she's formed this. Well, this thing has taken off to the extent that Xavier University requires all of their freshmen to sign up for set with us. So that if you're ever, you know, at Xavier and it's lunchtime, you find a group of people to set with and to meet and, and to make friends with. All of this because we yearn and we're created for relationship. So with that said, let's go on in our scripture passage. And the second thing we see is this. Without relationships, people suffer. Without relationships, people suffer. Keep reading verse 19 in our scripture passage. Now, the Lord God formed out of the ground all of the wild animals and all of the birds of the sky. He bought them to the man to see what he would name them, and whatever man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all of the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all of the animals, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Now, you go back to verse 18, and verse 18 ends. Okay, Adam's been made. It's not good for Adam to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. Now, the first attempt was, okay, what's going to be a helper suitable for Adam? So in verse nineteen in the beginning of verse twenty, you have this parade of animals. All of the different animals are, are brought before uh, Adam, and, and as they are brought before him, he names each of the animals. You know, they come up and he says, "Oh, there's Fluffy," you know, and and uh, you know, and things like that. You know, and so he's naming all, all of the different animals. You know, and, and so you know, you know, he loves you know some of them. You know, you know that some of them are good companionship and everything. But at the end of verse twenty, what we're told is after this whole parade of animals, there's. Still still wasn't someone suitable for him. Now, so we can draw, you know, comfort from animals. We can love our animals and we love our cats and our dogs and our pets. We most certainly do. But it's not the kind of relationship you have with another person. And so what we're told here is, hey, look, you know, the animals were great, but it still wasn't what Adam really needed. It still wasn't what he created for. And if you don't find what he was created for, then he's going to suffer. It's not good for him to be alone and not have those kind of relationships that he was created to have. And so it's still true today, people suffer without relationships. Anybody here see the Tom Hanks movie Castaway? Anybody say yeah, Tom Hanks on that deserted island nobody else on the island. So who did his best friend become? Anybody know? The volleyball Wilson became his best friend, even gave Wilson hair. uh, As you see here, this is a picture of Tom Hanks in an argument with Wilson. Okay, so that's how much uh, the volleyball has taken on for him becoming another person because he's so needed relationships. He's actually arguing with Wilson here uh, in our picture. Without relationships, people suffer. And think of what happens when relationships uh, are hurt or damaged or end. Uh, When someone passes away, uh, when someone dies, think of the hurt that people go through because that relationship has ended because we were so geared for relationships. When a divorce takes place, how hurtful and painful that is for everyone involved because uh, that relationship has come to an end. Uh, When a good friend moves to another city and moves away from you, uh, that, that separation that you have, that void that's there, we were made for relationships. It wasn't good for Adam to be alone. He needed other people is what our scripture tells us. Now, today we live in a day and age with all of our modern technology that you think it would even be easier for people to connect and, and, and to have stronger relationships. But just the opposite has taken place. Social media has actually made it where people are now strained in their relationships instead of drawing closer in relationships. And yet social media is all across the board. Do you know two billion people on planet earth are on Facebook? Two billion people. There are only seven billion people in the world. More than one out of every four people in the world are on Facebook. 65% of the people in the United States are on Facebook. How many people in this room are on Facebook? I meant right now. How many people in the room are on Facebook? You know, Thank you. Thank you. One honest person over there. You know what I get told after every service? Chip, it's my Bible app. That's what I was on. I, I probably was, It wasn't Facebook. I'm on my Bible app. You know, that's what's there. So you would think with all of these ways to connect with people that we, you know, we would have all much stronger relationships, but it's just the opposite. Tell me if you have ever been in the setting that you see in this picture right here a group of friends together, but are they really together? No, they're all on their social media devices. You know, uh, nobody's talking, nobody's interacting. The best that can happen is at some point, somebody does this (laughs) and then they, and and that's it. That was the height of your communication. You pointed out something that you'd seen on Facebook. So because I was writing this sermon Tuesday in staff meeting, I said, "No, no social devices at all during staff meeting. You would have thought I was chopping people's fingers off or something. I mean, it was awful. You know, people, oh, I don't know. You know. I don't know. You know, and, and so it became very, very hard. So what's actually happening is social media is pulling us away from people instead of towards people. Sociologists say social media has done five things. First of all, it's decreased, decreased our social skills. We don't interact as well as we used to because we don't have to any longer. Everything is, is some kind of a fake relationship that we have online. Uh, another thing that happens is uh, it's easier to be stalked. There's crazy people on Facebook. Anybody here ever defriended anybody because they just got on your nerves? Okay, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still upset about that, by the way. But, uh, you know, re- regardless, you know. So, you know, see that? number three, nothing become pri- is private anymore. Nothing's off-limits. We, you know, there's all these extremes now. You say things and do things on social media you would never do uh, in a real relationship with another person. And that's, that's the fourth one. We, we, because of the anonymity, we go to extremes. Uh, probably the, the best example of that was the last election. Uh, in, in October, November, I swear some of you all lost your minds. You know, you you really did, and you know I just want to say, please, please stop, stop! I don't want to read it anymore. Just just leave me alone. And then the last thing that it says is happening with social media is that me, people are missing the present moment. We're not living in the moment anymore. We're living on our our iPhones and and things like that. And by the way, this is the anniversary of the iPhone uh, that, that we have right here. So so what do they say you do about it? Well, here's three. Three quick choices uh, that that you can make right now. When you're with a group of other people, don't constantly check your device. Uh, I was reminded of that. Uh, Dawn and I had lunch uh, with a very nice couple in our church uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, my phone buzzed. And so I took it out and looked at it. And uh, the lady was having lunch with put her hand on my hand and said, Chip, please, you're with me, not with your telephone." And I said, oh, okay, so I put my, put my telephone back in. You don't have to always check your device. If you're going to post something, do it after the event, not right in the middle of it. You know, that, that might be a, a good thing to do. And then the last one, just put it away. Uh, you're with somebody else. Enjoy the moment. Uh, Johnny Depp was just in a movie called Black Mass and the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the whatever it's called, the opening. What's that called? The the premiere was held in Boston. And the greatest picture that that, illustrates what I'm talking about uh, happened right here. Look at this picture uh, that we have here. See, isn't that amazing? All right. Now, what do you notice in this picture? Everybody is on their cell phones trying to get a picture, a selfie, something, a video, except one lady in the very front who is simply enjoying the moment. Most people aren't even going to see what happens because they're too intent on their cell phone. Look at the guy in the blue shirt with the, with the hat on and everything. Is he enjoying the moment or is he trying to figure out what's going on? How live and get to the picture section here? Where's that camera thing? You know, he's trying to figure that out. People suffer when they are not in relationships and things we think are building relationships are actually taking us from other people. So those are the two things we've seen so far. God created us for relationships. The problem is we suffer when we're not in relationships and modern society is isolating us from one another instead of bringing us together with one another. Uh, And that brings us to the third thing that we see. If that's the case, then we need to intentionally build different types of relationships. We need to intentionally build different types of relationships. So what happens is, we feel alone, we feel separated. We feel like we 're not apart uh, any longer. I, I found this picture of the birds here uh, that was there. How many people have ever felt like that? Everybody's doing something but me. That kind of stuff hurts. We don't like to feel left out. We don't like to feel like we're not chosen. We don't like to feel like we're not a part of the group. So what do we do? Then we need to intentionally build different types of relationships. So in our scripture, we're told it wasn't good for Adam to be alone. The animals weren't quite providing the relationship that Adam needed there. So God becomes very proactive uh, in our scripture passage. Look down to verse 21. So the Lord God caused man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, took one of the man's ribs, closed up the place with the flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of the man. So God's very proactive here. And what God does is he makes a compliment for Adam. Now, now, the, there's a play on the names of man and woman uh, in the Hebrew where it's kind of like the, the word is the same but different. And so what we see with Adam here is, okay, you've got someone to compliment you. You are not complete in and of yourself. The way God created people is you are not complete by yourself. You need other people. It's just the way that God created this world. Uh, we're not, we weren't made for solitude. He made us to be together. So God proactively does this. And verse 23, it's, it's just exciting what Adam says. It's an exclamation when he starts. And he says, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. This is what I was looking for. Somebody I can really share life with, be with, understand, be in relationship with. God made us to be with other people. Now, if that's the case, let's talk about several different kinds of relationships that you need to be intentional about. Several different relationships that you need to be intentional with. The number one relationship that you need to be intentional about is your relationship with God, your relationship with God. In Matthew 22, Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment in all of the law? And Jesus said, the most important commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind and with all of your soul. You were created for relationship and the number one relationship that you were supposed to have is your relationship with God. Now, the sad thing is a lot of Christians never get to the point of having a relationship with God. We believe in God, we serve God, we're dedicated to God, but we never get around to trying to know and communicate and actually be in a relationship with God. And yet that's the number one thing we're told. Uh, Jesus didn't say serve God uh, is the number one thing. He didn't say believe God. He didn't say have all the right attitudes or actions. He said the number one thing in all the law and the prophets is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all your mind. It's a passionate love that we were supposed to have. So you need to intentionally build a relationship with God. So ask yourself right now, how am I doing with that? How am I doing with building a relationship with God? So what do you do to build a relationship with God? Well, a, a good place to start uh, is through prayer and Bible study. Easy enough right there. Uh, read your Bible. How many people who are reading the Bible? You know, if you're not reading the Bible on a daily basis, then you're not going to be able to communicate with God because one of the number one ways God will ever speak to you is through Bible study. Uh, so read your Bible, pray. Uh, Take your your daily needs to God. Uh, The big picture, let God walk with you each and every day. Jesus says, pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean you walk around with your head bowed and your eyes closed. It means all of your life is supposed to be lived in awareness of the presence of God and God being with you. So how are you doing right now in having a relationship with God? Because it's the number one relationship you need. People were made for relationships. You were made for a relationship with God. So make that a priority, intentionally seek a relationship with God. A second relationship that we need to intentionally develop is our relationship with our family, our relationship with our families. And it goes from top to bottom. You know, What about your relationship with your parents right now? One of the Ten Commandments is to honor your father and mother. There's only Ten Commandments. One of them you're told to honor your father and mother. But the interesting thing about that one over in Exodus 20, it's the only one of the Ten Commandments that comes with a promise. And this is the promise, honor your father and mother and then you will live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. So what we're told is that relationship that we have with our parents is the cornerstone of what a good society is gonna be built on. Without strong families, we won't have a strong society uh, at all. And so, you know, that relationship with your, with your parents, your relationship with your brothers and your sisters, uh, your relationship you have with your spouse, As a matter of fact, if you are married, the number one relationship that you should have after God is with your spouse, not even with your children, with your spouse. Because guess what your children do? They grow up and move to California. That's what they do. The number one relationship is the relationship you have with your spouse. Look down to verse 24. That is why a man leaves his father and mother, is united with his wife, and they become one flesh. So this is the the ultimate human relationship that that you can have is the relationship that you have with your spouse where two people literally become one. You can't have a better, uh, more intimate connection uh, in a relationship in this world than two becoming one. So your relationship with your spouse and then, then, of course, your relationship with your children. So here's the question then, how are you doing right now in your relationship with your family? Are you honoring your parents? Some of you in the room right now didn't grow up with very good parents. You grew up with, with parents that, that were abusive or not good at all. But, but there still needs to be a sense of respect and care. Uh, how are you, as you grow older and the dynamic changes and, and uh, the children almost become the parents, uh, you know, what are you doing to care and love for your parents? Uh, what are you doing with your spouse right now? Is everything about you and what you want? Are you loving and caring? Uh, uh, do, you, do you do your share of the work around the house? Uh, are, you, are you helping with the kids? All that kind of stuff. Is it a relationship and a partnership? Or is it just all about one person? And how about your relationship with your children? You know, are you, are you, are you teaching your children, loving your children, caring for your children, wanting your children to grow? How, are, how is your relationship with your family and what do you need to do about it a third relationship then is we've got God we've got our family and then the third of course is our friends our friends uh, over in Proverbs 18 24 we're told there are some friends that will stick closer than a brother so now we've been told blood is thicker than water and that family is always going to be there but in the book of Proverbs we're told now some friends will stick closer than your family even will uh, friends become very important uh, in our life and the way that we care and love and are a part with our friends. So then we go back to that question again that we asked earlier How's your relationship with your friends right now? I've had people tell me, Well, it's hard for me to make friends. The way you make friends is by being a friend, is by doing things to help and care for other people and then not just all be about you. If everything's about you, it's always your demands and what you want and what's going on with you, you're probably not going to have a lot of friends. If it's always drama because of you, you're probably not going to have a lot of friends. And let me give you a secret about friends. A true friend will always build you up and make you better. A true friend will build you up and make you better. A false friend will always tear you down and get you in trouble. So uh, you gotta, do I really have friends? Or are my friends caring about me, building me up, making me better? What kind of a friend are you? A fourth thing then is our acquaintances. Our acquaintances. God brings people in your life on a daily basis. Uh, that, that give us God moments, divine encounters uh, that, that we need to have. We need to see every person in this world as valuable and treat every person that we encounter with respect as a child of God. That Matthew 22 passage again, uh, in Matthew 22, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with our heart, mind, and soul. And then he said, there's a second commandment though that's just as important. Love your neighbor like you love yourself. And then he says, all the law and the prophets hang on those two things. How are you in just dealing with people that you come across today? Um, I had uh, somebody that's a member of our church tell me, hey, my daughter just became a, a waitress, and uh, you would not believe the abuse she takes on Sunday mornings. She said, nobody wants to work Sunday lunch because the Christians who come in after church are the rudest people that come in the entire week. So, what do we do? What do we do about that? You know, think, think about that for a second. It, how is that? in really showing care and respect for everyone. The golden rule is very simple. Jesus said, do unto others the way you would have them do unto you. Uh, are we treating everybody with that kind of love, that kind of care, that kind of respect? There was a lady in Wales, England, by the name of Gwen Jones, and she would had one thing hit her after another. Uh, I've got a picture of Gwen right right here. And she made a decision a couple of months ago that she was going to end her life. And so she went to that bridge you see right there and she was about to jump off of that bridge when a guy who was just randomly walking across the bridge said, what are you doing? And she said, just leave me alone. And he said, will you please come down and just give me a hug? And she said, no, I don't, you just leave me alone. I don't have any reason to live. I'm gonna kill myself. And he said, all I want's a hug, just come down And give me a hug. And she said her mind began to race and she began to think, what is this guy crazier than I am or something like that? And so she comes down from the bridge, walks over and she said, when he put his arms around me, I just started crying uncontrollably. And he said, it's okay. God loves you. I love you. You have a reason for your life. And he just stood there and hugged her as she cried. The police showed up. Gwen said she turned around and looked and the guy was gone. Don't know where he was. She's been looking for him ever since. The police didn't get his name. But she said a chance encounter on a bridge changed her from being someone about to take her life to someone wanting to care for other people and help them now. You see, every person you're ever going to encounter is going to be a child of God, worthy of respect and dignity. How are you? in dealing with those people. And then finally, the last relationship I wanna talk about is we need to intentionally build church relationships. God did an amazing thing. He created you for relationship. And after he created you for relationship, he said, now I'm gonna do better in that. When you when you, when you became my child, when I came into your life, then I gave you a family, my family. You became a part of the family of God. And that's the church. If you've ever heard somebody say, well, I believe in God, but I don't need the church. It's a total misunderstanding of what this whole thing is about. When you accepted Christ, you became a part of his family and you didn't get a choice. Sorry. Now you can choose what what particular uh, church you want to go to, but being a part of the family of God covers every denomination. And every group, anybody that calls upon the name of the Lord is your brother and sister in Christ and you're a part of their family. And we need to be making those church relationships important and a part of us. Hebrews 10, 24 says, we need to spur one another on to love and good works. That's what you're doing as a part of the family of God, spurring one another on. With that in mind, uh, our closing illustration is going to be brought uh, by our uh, worship pastor David Atcher, who's going to talk about, uh, how he was spurred on, uh, by the church family. Come on up, brother David. Thanks, I- Tip.
2: This past Wednesday was my birthday and, um, I got one of the best gifts I've ever gotten. Uh, some of you know that, uh, maybe most of you know that, uh, about a year and a half ago, I had a fall when I was trimming some tree limbs and, uh, I, I shattered my right ankle and the, uh, the, that x-ray that day looked looked like this. Do we have it? Nope. Give me the other one. Give yeah, that one. That. It's not supposed to look like that. It's not supposed to look like that. Um, thanks, Liz. Um, I fell, and uh, God was, was working immediately from the start. Uh, now, show me the second one real quickly. Can you give it to me? My doctor, Wednesday, released me and said uh, I was healed, and um, (laughs) I've got some hardware for life, (laughs) but uh, uh, praise the Lord. Um, Just to say, three surgeries, one last uh, summer where the decision was, do we fuse it or do we do a lower leg amputation? The decision was to fuse it. And I'm able to walk, and I'm able to almost run. I got a little hop thing going on that I do. Play ball with my kids. But what what I really want to say is, what a blessing, because it gave me a chance to reflect on uh, how God has been so present in my life. And how he has worked uh, just from the start. I would, never would have wished it or desired to said, Lord, uh, let me uh, have a major uh, fracture to my leg so I can get closer to you and appreciate other people. But uh, I really believe and really come to understand all the better that God works in all things according to His good purpose for those who've been uh, according to His purpose who been, have been called. I've seen Him work from the start. Brian Harris, sitting right here, came to my house immediately after, ran to my shed grabbed lumber and splinted my leg and took me to the hospital. People in the ER marveled at the, at MacGyver's work. Um, people in this church, uh, I mean, Dawn stepped up and carried so much of the way of, of the work here. Tim Springer helped lead worship. Chip and Dawn gave me rides. Priscilla Percival, uh, uh, did laundry for us for months. Uh, Priscilla and Larry gave us rides. Uh, um, I'm looking out and uh, uh, seeing Rhonda Kelly that was there every morning giving rides. Uh, Lisa Sharber back there giving rides to and from rehearsals. People that cooked and brought us meals and blessed us with gift cards. People that prayed. If you don't know Jenny Chapman, get to know her because she's a prayer warrior, much like a number of you. She prayed and checked on me constantly. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in the power of the church. The church has become very real to me through this relationship. And through it, I've had an opportunity to grow closer to a God that's been in my life since I was seven years old. But I've realized how very real he is, how good his promises are, how much he cares for us in every detail of our lives. And even when we maybe make a bad decision and we end up with consequences of it, he's working Right They're in the middle of it, even though it may not have been his desire for us. So I want to say thank you to you. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your patience. You've been so good to me and my family. We are blessed to be a part of this church. I am so thankful to God for his amazing healing in my life. Uh, I may not walk exactly like I did before. It may be some different days, but sometimes I almost consider that a blessing because it helps me Remember? how good God has been to me and how good he is now. My family and I, we love you. If you're not a part of this church, you're not even sure about this God that we talk about. I just want to say from my own experience, he's very real and he's given us the gift of the church. He wants to have relationship with you and he wants to give you a family. He wants to give people that love you for the journey. and He's got so much in store for you. If you know people who don't know that, who don't know Jesus, the Jesus we know, be reminded of how much they need him and how much they need this church, how much they need his church. So thank you, Chip, for giving me a chance just to say thank you to all of you.
1: Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you that you made us for relationships. We know in our ourselves when we look around that that it's the relationships that we have that make life worth living. Uh, you knew that from the very beginning. It's the way that you created us for a relationship with you and with others. Father, help us to realize that, to value it, and to treat other people with the respect and dignity that they deserve. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m.,